Greetings, Agnes. It is a joy and a privilege to be uh, with you again. I'm looking forward to our talk together. I'm going to read from John chapter 4, verses 39 through 43, and we're going to discuss the experience where Jesus took his disciples and spent two days and two nights in Samaria. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 39. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more. Uh, many more believe because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. The, the two days he went forth from the into Galilee. Focus John 4 racial hostility between Jews and Samaritans and how Jesus confronted racial hostility by spending two days and nights with his disciples in Samaria bringing together two cultures known for their mutual hostility. Often when this chapter is discussed, the focus is centered on the character of the Samaritan woman. But I believe that John's main point was to get the readers to think and examine the incident where Jesus takes his disciples and they spend two days and two nights living in the community with the Samaritans, people that the Jews loathed, people that they just had no positive feelings for whatsoever. By the time of Jesus, this racial hostility between Jews and Samaritans was hundreds of years old. This was an established and accepted cultural fact. However, Jesus did not honor that cultural norm. In verse 9 of chapter 4, where it says this, It says that in the middle of the verse, John inserts in the comments of the Samaritan woman explaining why she said what she said. She was surprised that Jesus asked her for a drink. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Sound familiar? 
Well, Jesus did something really amazing. He reversed the expected resentment, the expected rejection routine, replacing it with a routine of welcoming and acceptance. Look at Jesus' way of addressing the conflict between Jews and Samaritans. What Jesus did was he underscored the inclusiveness of God's love for all humanity. Instead of rejecting them, he received them because God had received them. People whom he had created in his image. I have a question for you, Access. What are we doing with the racial hostility in our day-to-day experiences? John 4, 9, where he says, the Jews have no dealing with Samaritans, describes our old identity. However, because of our, our new identity in Christ, we must not spend our time trying to avoid the Samaritans in our day-to-day experience. But instead, we, Jesus, we choose to spend time in those uncomfortable places as representatives of the Lord of our life. Consequently, we allow through us to demonstrate his inclusive love for those individuals with whom we experience this hostility. Jesus and his disciples went to the Samaritan people and for two days and two nights, they humbly accepted the hospitality of the Samaritans. Because of my assurance of God's conditional, unconditional love for me, I am free to love others despite their differences. Differences perhaps of culture, of race, of nationality, of ethnicity, or of language. Since I am sure secure in God's love for me, differences make no longer, are no longer a threat to my welfare. I am free to focus on the welfare of others. Tell you, tell you a little something about my growing up. I benefited greatly from the loving environment of our parents' home. In scores of ways, I experienced dad and mom's love and affection. Looking back, I believe my sense of knowing that I was loved by dad and mom had a, had a strong effect, a positive effect on influencing 
me to become the man that I grew up to be. I want to mention a couple of examples of the racial hostility I grew up experiencing as an older African-American man. I entered first grade in the Dallas Public Schools in 1946. That was eight years before the 1954 Supreme Court struck down racial segregation in public schools. Two specific ways my family and I were hurt by school segregation. One way was the safety of the buildings that we attended school in. The other was the resources that they gave us. The school buildings in which I attended class were old and poorly maintained. In the winter, it was common for the coal burning stoves to set fire to our classroom. Our buildings were built for half as many children. So half of the class, half of the enrollment would come to school in the morning and the other half would attend school in the afternoon. The educational materials that we were supplied consisted of textbooks that were out of date and were passed down from the white school. In John chapter four, Jesus models for us how we should be willing to go into those uncomfortable places and be his representatives. And through us, he will show his inclusive love to those who need uh, to, to be exposed to the gospel. My experience growing up in segregated schools uh, was not a source of bitterness, did not become a source of bitterness for me as I grew up and entered into vocational ministry. I chose to be a part of that community. I chose to do my vocational ministry in the evangelical community because of their strong training and teaching of the scripture. This is my 56 year of vocational ministry. And I am very uh, pleased and thankful that I made that decision because I have seen God use and continue to use my life and my relationships among people who remain racially hostile to uh, bring about positive uh, changes in ways that I never anticipated and in ways that they have that they had not anticipated. So my challenge to us this morning access would be this. We have the assurance and the comfort of God's love for us, irrespective of who we are no matter what our background, no matter what our ethnicity, no matter what our social class or any of those things, God 
loves us and our identity is not found in any of those things. Our identity is found in our relationship with him and his love for us. Consequently, we can then uh, put aside any fear of threat and have concern for the welfare of others, even those who are hostile. He gives us our identity as his children. That truth that God loves us is a source of comfort, irrespective of who we are. So then, my challenge for us is that truth brings with it, brings with it an obligation for us to be inclusive and in loving others, even as God does. Dr. Peterson, thank you so much for spending time with us today and giving us a message. I know your schedule is very busy uh, and you are very deeply committed to the work of bringing the church together. Uh, thank you for that. And thank you for your love and affection for our, our community at Access. You know, Access, we are living in very divided times and uh, many of the messages that we receive through social media and through culture tell us to stay divided along political lines, along racial lines, but we have an identity in Christ. Uh, we have an identity, identity as disciples and followers of the way. And in that, we are given a message of love that tr transcends so many of those boundaries. So uh, I urge you on uh, as we take into consideration what Dr. Peterson has given us today to live more fully into that identity. There's some questions I want to follow up with today that may help us to go deeper into the text and into the thoughts that were given. Jesus did not follow the norms of his day where Jews did not associate with Samaritans. He replaced it with the practice of hospitality. Are there Samaritans that you avoid today? And who do you tend to avoid? In Christ, we receive a new identity. And this frees me from the threat of differences between my people and your people. Have you ever felt threatened by people who are different from your people? And finally, Jesus challenged his disciples to spend two days and nights with the Samaritan people and to receive their hospitality. You know, likewise, Dr. Peterson was able to spend his ministry years uh, among those who were racially hostile toward him. But instead of becoming bitter, this has led him into relationships that have been healing and restorative. They've been a blessing. Are there ways in which Jesus is challenging you as a disciple to do the same? Let's spend the next few minutes thinking about these questions as we head into the final moments of our worship gathering.
And now let's have our sending prayer. Let's pray this together. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us toward joy and generosity. In Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus, amen. And before you go today, please remember that at 11 o'clock, we're going to have our online Zoom service uh, to celebrate the elements of communion. So join us online. We'll see you in just a few minutes.